You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Timothy knows the only way the dead can be saved is for Timothy to give them the truth. So in light of his appearing and, and, and his coming, uh, Timothy, you preach the Word because it's only the Word that's going to help them. Only answers for life and eternity are found right here. So Timothy, you're going to be held accountable. So he'll judge the dead, those who have not been saved, who have rejected the grace of God, but he'll also judge the living. Many believers convince themselves that simply living a good life that holds to Christian values will be enough to spread the gospel throughout the world. But as Pastor Danny explains in today's message, Timothy knew that there was more to it than that. Not all of us are called to stand up before a crowd of people and present the message, but you are called to speak the truth of Jesus to the people you encounter. Whether it's a stranger, a friend, or a family member, actions alone won't bring them to Christ. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4 with today's edition of The Living Word. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who will judge the living and the dead and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. But the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. Paul realizes he's headed for heaven very soon. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. What a great thing to be able to say at the end of your Christian journey in this life. Now there's in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but... Also to all those who have longed for his appearing. I long for his appearing. Every morning I say, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it's done in heaven. One day that prayer will be answered. Paul, knowing his time is short, uh, he gives Timothy this charge. It's an easy charge to understand. And it's a charge, please, please note, this is part of our Bible. So this charge is now for us as well as for Timothy. Uh, You may not be called to preach the Word on a platform like this in a formal setting in a church service, uh, but we're still all called to preach the Word, and that's the charge. Preach the Word. Those early believers, the church in Jerusalem, when the persecution hit, it says all but the apostles were scattered. It wasn't a voluntary mission service. I'll volunteer to go anywhere you want me to go, Lord. It was no choice. You were just catapulted, if you will, out of Jerusalem, and everywhere they landed, it says here's what they did. And they preach the word wherever they went. That's the charge. And he does it, interesting, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead. In view of his appearing in his kingdom. 
In other words, Timothy, uh, God's watching. Jesus Christ is watching. And Timothy, I give you this charge because one day the judge will be here and he will judge the living and the dead. Now, what does that say to Timothy? Well, same thing it says to us. The living and the dead, what does that mean? Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 14, John sees uh, a great white throne and the Ancient of Days sitting on it. God is sitting on the throne. Uh, it's, it's a vision as a revelation of yet future things, the majority of revelation on future things. And one day, there'll be a great judgment. It's called the Great White Throne Judgment in theological circles and Bible colleges because they get it from Revelation chapter 20 when John sees the Great White Throne. And here's what it says. When, when the judgment takes place, death and hell will give up the dead that's in them. Death and hell. Why does it say it that way? Because people in hell right now, uh, they're conscious, but they're dead. And then they're judged in the great white throne judgment, and then they're judged according to the books that are open there. Probably, maybe 66 right here formed into one, I don't know. But they're judged, and then uh, they are thrown into the lake of fire, which is the second death. And yet they're conscious. You see, the Bible says that we are all born, listen, listen, we're born dead. What do I mean? Ephesians chapter 2, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. We're all born uh, spiritually dead. That's why the Bible says we must be born again to see the kingdom of heaven. John's gospel chapter 5, I was just reading it part of my devotions yesterday. And in John chapter 5, uh, Jesus says this, verse 24, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He's crossed over from death to life. So when Paul says to Timothy, in view of his appearing, his coming kingdom, and in view of the judgment, and he'll judge the living and the dead, I give you this charge. And he's talking about the saved and the unsaved, the living and the dead. So Timothy knows the only way the dead can be saved is for Timothy to give them the truth. So in light of his appearing and, and, and his coming, uh, Timothy, you preach the word because it's only the word that's going to help him. Only answers for life and eternity are found right here. So Timothy, you're going to be held accountable. So he'll judge the dead, those who have not been saved, who have rejected the grace of God, but he'll also judge the living. And the living refers to those of us who have received Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. And Ephesians says... You were dead in your transgressions and sins, and, and yet now, because of his great love for us, Ephesians 2 verse 4, God, who is rich in mercy, praise the Lord, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. So you get the picture. Timothy, there's going to be judgment for the living and the dead, and you preach the word because that's the only way the dead can come alive. That's the only way they can be saved. Preach the word. Don't preach... Opinion, don't preach. Well, we'll get into some of that. By the way, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 and following, talks about a judgment seat of Christ. That's different from the great white throne judgment. That's where unbelievers are judged. That's where those who are not saved will be judged. But I'll stand before Jesus Christ one day, and I'll be judged, as will every Christian, for my service, for my faithfulness or unfaithfulness. I'll be judged based on how true I am to this book. That's why Paul says, I give you this charge. I give you this charge. You preach the word. 
preach the word. Now, we understand the charge. That's easy to understand. And it's for all of us, all of us, every one of us. Whether you're a formal preacher like me or called to be a pastor, if you're a Christian, we're all called to stand for truth and to proclaim truth. That's easy to understand. But there's a challenge. I know the charge. You understand the charge. But here's the challenge. The time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They'll turn away from the truth. So if you're going to stand for truth, it's going to cost you. Jeremiah 23. I'm going to come right back to our text. But Jeremiah chapter 23. Every generation has its own challenges if you're going to stand for truth. And it's not going to get better as we get closer to Jesus' return. But in Jeremiah's day, it was tough to stand for truth. There were all these false prophets saying what people wanted to hear. And people with itching ears and these false prophets would scratch their ears. But Jeremiah stood for truth. And what a challenge. And God says in Jeremiah chapter 23, as he talks about the false prophets beginning in verse 25, then he says, verse 28, Let the prophet who has a dream tell his dream, but let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. For what has straw to do with grain? He's comparing the truth with the falsehood. What has straw to do with grain, declares the Lord. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? Therefore, declares the Lord, I'm against the prophets who steal from one another words supposedly from me. Yes, declares the Lord, I'm against the prophets who wag their own tongues and yet declare, the Lord declares. Indeed, I'm against those who prophesy false dreams, declares the Lord. They tell them and lead my people astray with their reckless lies, yet I did not send or appoint them. They do not benefit these people in the least, declares the Lord. There you have it. The only way we're going to help the world, the only way you're going to help your neighbor, the only way you're going to help your classmate is to stand for and proclaim truth. It's the only way they're going to be helped. Truth. Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Penetrates even a dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Listen, people will only be helped by sharing with them the truth. So the charge, the charge, preach the word. But here's the challenge. Not going to get easier. And it's not easy in our world. Let me give you a truth test. Personal questions here, personal questions. What do you believe about sexual immorality? Because here's what the Bible declares. The Bible declares that the only sexual bed that is pure is the marriage bed. The book of 2 Timothy finds its author at the end of his time on earth. The Apostle Paul had served the Lord faithfully, traveling countless miles and facing all kinds of situations and persecutions, always presenting the gospel message in truth and love. Paul began many churches and trained many leaders, one of whom this letter was addressed to, Timothy. Paul used his pen to encourage this young leader, but also to remind him that though death may be near, the work of the ministry wasn't over. Paul had more to do, and he planned to continue until he met his Savior face to face. No matter where you are in your life at this moment, God is calling you to continue serving. You have a purpose on this earth, and you can always make a difference. 
Your circumstances may shift and your body may age, but your Savior and His message have never changed. Continue to fight the good fight, as Paul puts it, and finish your life strong in your faith. We're so glad that you joined us today for Pastor Danny's message in the book of 2 Timothy. If you'd like to hear more teachings from the Living Word, visit ccfstpete.church. We'd also love to meet you. So if you're in the area, come be a part of our weekly gatherings at Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Petersburg, Florida. We meet Saturday at 6 p.m. and again on Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Join us for a time of fellowship and Bible study, digging into God's Word as a collective group of imperfect believers. Find out more at our website, ccfstpete.church. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to The Living Word. 